Hey, good people. Welcome to the Sunday Dinner Podcast. I am Daya Lene, your host who will try not to do the most, but I have been called dramatic and I can be dramatic. So just be prepared. That's my disclaimer. But it's always in good with good intentions, just to bring a little spice to your life sometimes. I am a certified life coach who specializes in encouragement. I'm also a mental health advocate. I am very big on that and a lot of the show will be geared towards mental health, so fair warning. I'm also the queen of quotes, so you'll hear a lot of those from me. And I am very resourceful, so I'll be sharing the gems I find with you and hope to pass the information along and hopefully it can help you out as well. I have decided to be the change I want to see in the world, as Gandhi would say. I'm here to offer encouragement and tools for healing and hope to building back the black family. Hey, thank you for coming back for another episode. I hope you enjoyed the last one. If you have not had a chance to check them out, the first episode was about dealing with pain, finding pleasure in pain and peace in pain. The second one was with my sister and we got really deep into it. Today, I got a brother who's going to get on here and talk about life insurance. Mr. Pope, I know this may be a, a sensitive subject for some, but it is so essential in the times that we are in today. So I'm going to bring him on with us. Hey, are you with me? Yes, I am. How you doing today? I'm pretty good. No complaints. Good. I like that. I like that. We got to keep it like that. First of all, I'd like to thank you for taking your time out of your busy day. I really appreciate it. No problem at all. Thank you for having me. Oh, of course. Of course. Do you mind introducing yourself? Absolutely. My name is Dario Pope. I am the president of Family First Life Alpha. We are a brokerage company, um, IMO, out of Ohio, but we hire across the United States. Nice, nice. How long have you, how did you get into selling life insurance? Um, being laid off from multiple different institutions, um, <laughs> different banks. I mean, you know, how we met working at, was it Morgan Stanley, was it? So I worked right. for like, I worked for Morgan Stanley, Huntington Bank, Chase Bank, um, Nationwide Bank, um, and, you know, work your way up. And then every place I worked my way up, eventually I got laid off and I was kind of like tired of that process. So one day I was chilling in the sauna <laughs> after working out and me and my mm-hmm. friend who was just laid off, we were thinking about what we wanted to do. And then this guy was just like, have you ever thought about life insurance? And I'm looking like, dude, who are you? and he was just basically like have you ever thought about life insurance and i'm like who is this dude like and then you know he's like man you should really think about it you only need your high school diploma and i was like okay then he showed me his bank account and i was like okay now we talking so um i ran out of the sauna hopped out grabbed my phone ran back in got his phone number asap um and I mean, literally, that was the next day after getting laid off from, from the last place I ever worked. And I've been doing it ever since. Wow. Well, first of all, how you said you've been laid off for multiple different major corporations. Like, it's so hard out here and it's very unfortunate. But sometimes I think that's the push we need to get yeah. to to chase our dreams, being mm-hmm. laid off. Because for real, for real, that the corporate America is not for us. Um, we try to right. fit our way in and they're only going to let us go so high. Yes. Um, until they're like, mm, nah, I'm gonna knock you off that. And you're educated as well. So you said you just needed a high school diploma. You have more than that, right? Absolutely. Um, of course, high school, have a bachelor's um, in business as well as a bachelor in theater uh, with a minor in music history um, and then master's in finance. Wow. And I only got my master's because I thought it would be a good way to learn how to be an entrepreneur. Or that's what the advisor told me. But he just really wanted me to apply and go to school there. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> they don't teach you anything about like running a business and master's programs. Wow. So that's kind of deep because I feel like college, yeah, it's just so much for the recruiting part of it. And they're trying to get numbers in there. And sometimes Absolutely. it's really not beneficial for to us. And we're mm-hmm. in pounds of debt. Once we're out, like, what's the point? So college is, okay. College, if you're not having, if you don't have a specialization, to Mm -hmm. me, um, my degree is for my mom. 
Um, but it was also for a way for me to figure things out. Now, how, how are, like, before we move forward, like, how, like, are we as far as the language? Like, do I need to watch you what I'm saying? Nope. You're, nope. Okay. That shit, <laughs> that shit is scam. Like, <laughs> that, shit, that shit is scam, man. Listen, listen, it's a scam. I'm telling you, like, like on some on some realness, I, I'll tell you this. Like, I think that unless you are being an engineer, a doctor, um, you're going into aerospace, you're going into something, technology, coding. I get why you need to go to a school for that. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're just trying to figure it out, wait. Don't go. Don't spend money to figure it out. You're going to be paying Sally Mae for the rest of your life. Um it's more about the connections that you make, if anything. They just mm. want to make sure that you get got something done. So, and then when it comes to when it pertains to people, you know, black people and minorities, mm-hmm. you know, they sold us that dream. They they will give us a home loan and a and, and a student loan before they give mm. us a business loan, before they give us a, a loan to to empower and empower each other and and use the black dollar to keep in the to the black community. It's way easier. Yes, when it comes to keeping the black dollar in our community, empowering ourselves, um, anything that can, whether it's politics, whether it's finances, whether it's economics, they're making it harder for us to do. They sold buying a home. They sold um, going to a college to us. When Mm. reality, um, it's not needed to prosper. Um, You got to think there were more homeowners in the 50s and the 60s and the 70s with red taping and, and mind you and redlining where mm-hmm. they were, they didn't want us to live in certain areas there still were more black homeowners during that time period for people who you didn't go to college you didn't mm. finish high school you worked at jojo's factories gm factories you worked at this steel mill you worked in this coal factory and you were still able to own your home and even if you wanted to start your business, you were able to do that with your own money. Now, right. we go to our college and we are 300000 no, let's just be realistic, $150,000 in debt. And it's going to take us on average 10 years to get a job that make over $100,000 if we ever accumulate that. It's not realistic, so... I know, we, I know we're talking about life insurance but I'm just saying when you said that I was just like yes I am I am happy and proud to be the first person in my family to say that uh, I have a degree um, it's at my mom's house I haven't seen it since 2003 and 2007 and 2010 I haven't seen those I, I, it's not for me to see it's for her um, I have great history with people at the Ohio State University but I didn't gain anything mm. from having those degrees. Mm. And I found it very interesting when you said I did it for my mother. How many times do we live our lives for other people? And then we're 30, 40, like, this is what I want to do for me. And mm-hmm. we really have to argue with people like, no, this is the way. Because mm-hmm. my grandmother, when she was growing up, like the manufacturing industry was booming. So that's yes. how she purchased her house and her car. Yes. She had her wealth. But we don't have those opportunities anymore. And so pensions now, and retirement. Man. Yeah. Right. Right. Don't so this, we don't have that opportunity. So that kind of falls into the life insurance about how li- life insurance is more beneficial than just burying someone. How it can really be a lump sum of money and wealth for the next generation. Absolutely. In my opinion. We have in to get opinion. a No, your opinion is very valid. Mm-hmm. Um, the Rothschilds. I mean, if we want to go back to the history, the Rockefellers, John D. Rockefeller, father left him a life insurance policy. Mm-hmm. He, he went on to run oil and out of Cleveland and hmm. use railroad systems and pipeline systems to get um, to basically to cast out the railroad system, which was basically the the big money maker in early development of industrial um, times in the 1900s, he created a pipeline system for oil that went across the country. But mm. he started that with a life insurance policy. 
a life insurance policy. That's one like the richest men ever live. Right. And right. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so what I, but this is the thing about us. Life insurance is what I try to tell people is the most selfless gift you can give because it doesn't really, really affect you initially. There's ways that it can, and we'll get into that in this conversation. But life insurance is for the people you care about. Hmm. Right? And that's the problem, I will say, in our community. Because the first thing I, I, I you know, when I have a conversation with people is they say, well, I ain't trying to make nobody else rich. Ain't nobody leave me nothing. Whoa. Yeah. I hear that first. Whoa. Yeah. That's a selfish mindset. Like in our community, I feel like that's our problem. Every man for himself. But Mm -hmm. you you see how long it took you to get to where you are. So why would you allow someone else to have another 20 years just before they can start, you know, Mm -hmm. getting there? I I can't believe you just said that. Yeah, I hear that a lot. (laughs) And I I try to laugh it off because you always I never want to debate with somebody that I'm trying to educate. Ooh, that's deep. That's deep. They can't hear you through a debate. And that's why all of these things were left wing, right wing, pro this, pro that. No one's listening to each other because they're too busy trying to say they're part of the debate. Yeah. I can't educate you in that. So I sit in agreement and like, yeah, I understand. I get it. I totally get it. But Mm -hmm. what we're going to do today figure out how you can start something how you can start something for the people that you love your parents it's all about generational wealth but it's also about generational growth Mm. if we can grow together and what you can do for your children that your parents didn't do Mm. you are starting something and you will be um, a pillar in your family history because you started something Mm -hmm. so when you when you try to transition it to them that way, I think people listen to it a little bit more. Even if, even if it's just as simple as just getting something for your funeral, burial, and final expenses. Right. So, so not only are you starting something, you're breaking something. Mm-hmm. You're breaking. Yeah, you're breaking right. something. Wow. That's powerful in itself to me. And the reason that I always think about life insurance, because it's a countless amount of times where I have seen a GoFundMe or we're selling dinners so we can bury so-and-so because death is very unexpected, but it's so inevitable. Like we're not going to pass that. It's going to happen to every single one of us at some time. So why not be prepared for it? Yeah, very well said. Um, I think, and this is crazy too. I sit with people in our community um, Mm -hmm. and their response to that when I bring it up is like, I don't even like to think about that. I don't even like to think about death. I feel like me getting a life insurance policy is like me saying that I'm going to die. So, yeah. Or if I'm getting a policy about cancer, I'm going to get cancer. So, no, it's to prevent. It's in the event that you have. So let's look at it this way. You get car insurance, right? Right. Because the law makes you, but you get car insurance. You're not planning on getting a car accident. You're getting it in the event that it does happen. Why? Because it does happen. Mm. So what you're trying to do is have something in place. So when that moment comes, your family isn't walking around with a hat asking and begging to, 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 to bury you. That's, mm. that's embarrassing, first of all. Yeah, especially the way you worded it, walking around with a hat. But I, I, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I, I get it. Yeah, Definitely. they don't do that anymore. But you mean the GoFundMe's and stuff like that. Like, and I'll be honest with you, I find it kind of insulting when people ask me. You know how many people I've had to help pay for a few, and I'm like, do you know mm. what I do for a living? That's a slap in the face. You know. Wow. And to the point where right now I'll be uh, just being all the way real. I don't offer life insurance to friends and family. They got to ask me. Um, I educate them on how it works, but I'm not trying to sell you a policy. If that makes sense. That's 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 very interesting because here mm-hmm. you are going on into business by yourself, and it's like it's never going to be your friends and family that support you. It's going to no. be complete strangers, complete strangers. Man. But you- Man, it, it, you, Man, you the nail on the head. 
So the way our industry works, um, the reason why I feel like my company in, in particular has been very profitable is that we actually just buy our leads. Um, mm. The way life insurance first started, just to give you a quick history, life insurance started over like 265 years ago mm -hmm. um, here in the United States uh, pay out to pay out a particular debt for land in the event that some they pass away, they paid a bank, it kept paying a bank, the bank needed some cash, they thought of this idea, boom, here we got the policies right mm -hmm. fast forward it that life insurance agents back in the you know, 50s 60s they used to go knock on doors and say hey I, i'm a life insurance agent in the state of ohio if you ever need my services here's my card i would love to work with you i work in this neighborhood i did miss johnson's family down the street would love to work with you to make sure that you don't have to come out of pocket when times get rough and they mm -hmm. and they will literally have to collect the checks from each person that they sell life insurance to every month by knocking on the doors crazy fast forward to the 2000s to where basically um they have companies that hire agents to tell them like hey go through your cell phone and look up 100 people and call them and tell them that you just started a new business because they support you selling life insurance that's why we have the trend of where people see a life insurance agent and they run away if they're in their at the family picnic because like oh god here come johnny trying to sell me a life insurance <laughs> We're at the point where now everybody's on the internet. People are Googling life insurance. People are on Facebook looking at different ads and stuff. People fill out the information on those ads. We spend anywhere from 4 to $11 and actually buy the lead from people who we don't even know. I have 90% of my portfolio, 95% of my portfolio mm -hmm. is people I do not know. Hmm. The people that do know me who, hey, I see what you're doing. I see what you got going on. They do not buy life insurance for me. Um, they don't listen to me when it comes to life insurance. They don't ask me questions. Um, and then if I do tell them information on it, they don't think I know what I'm talking about. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's a word for me because it's like when I'm in this transition from being who I used to be to where I am now, like mm -hmm. it was, it's also a learning process. Like I, I did the work to be here, but people know you from their past and they cannot get past what you used to do. Mm -hmm. Like people don't recognize growth and they don't support you in their new season because they're still back there. Absolutely. So, As if yes. you didn't put in the time, the work, the effort to educate yourself, to get accredited, to get licensed, to 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 earn your 10,000 hours. And no matter if you got it done in a year, if you got it done in 10 years um, to to cultivate something mm -hmm. as a profession. And yes, people may know me from doing music. People may know me from you know, party promotions and, and, and writing music and doing events and managing artists. Yes, two things can be true. I'm also mm -hmm. capable of doing this too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. We wear so, many hats. Yes. We wear them well. Yes, yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's kind of where, you know, I do not. They do not support um, in the sense of um, spending a dollar. Uh, mm. yeah they ask after the fact and that's the point of life insurance and I try to tell people you know when you need this and when you think about this it's probably during the time you can't get this anymore it's too late you're sick you're, yes. hurt, you're hurt or you're dying or that person that you know is dying so you want to oh I should oh I wonder if they got life insurance can we get a policy for them probably not mm. you know probably not like this is how I try to equate the situation to them. Um, imagine that your house is burning and it's on fire right now. Mm -hmm. You can't call um, Allstate or something like that and ask them, can you get homeowner's insurance now? Can you? Right. No, your house is already on fire. You're done. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's the same thing with life insurance. Mm. So you, we kind of spoke about this, but to be mm -hmm. in a more formal question, yeah. how was your transition from leaving corporate America into being an entrepreneur? Um, it was, well, my, to, to be frank, my transition wasn't that bad. Um, mm. from, from being laid off, you get a little severance package. Okay. So the first couple of times I had the severance package, I just paid um, you know, pay my bills up and just look for a job immediately. 
that mm-hmm. final time I used those funds to pay for the training um, that uh, the cost of to to learn about life insurance, how to pass the test, to use those funds to yes pay some bills so I can cover myself to actually take the exam and get licensed in the state of Ohio. Mm-hmm. And those the rest of those funds, because um, the way that company did it, they paid me for like three months. Mm. Instead of giving me a lump sum, they paid me for three months as if I still was working there. And to be fair, that was one of the best companies I've ever worked for. It, mm. was, it was nationwide. Um, they let me go. I mean, it was crazy. I was I got there as a temp. Like every place that I worked for, I was a temp first. And then mm-hmm. once they read, went through my resume and saw that I, what I was capable of, I would get a full-time position. In that full-time position, I would leapfrog a lot of people who's been there for a long time. Mm. And in the mortgage industry for banks, I wasn't in like the banking part. I was in the mortgage industry. When they're doing well, they don't, mm-hmm. need, they don't need mortgage underwriters. But mortgage underwriters get paid a lot of money. Mm. So, so I would go from making like, $13 an hour as a temp to make it $75,000, $80,000 a year as a mortgage wow. underwriter. But when it's time for them, okay, we're doing really well. Uh, we don't need that many mortgage underwriters. They're going to look at the newest person who makes the most money. And that was mm-hmm. me every single time. So just getting back to the transition, I was able to have a pay, have them pay me a severance package of like my salary every two weeks. So it was, I was using that time to study, using that time to, to, to start my new business and um, transitioning over. Now, don't get me wrong. That three months went past fast. It probably took me about that three months to actually start getting licensed. Now we were hitting the field and learning how to sell life insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was a bunch of um, my wife at the time, Mm-hmm. Uh, um, she, she, are you sure? Are you sure that's what you want to do? Mm. And, and my mom is like, you sure? Like, uh, how's that going? You know, they would never say, I don't think you should do this. But but throwing doubt in there. For yes, sure. it was a lot of doubt thrown in. Um, even friends, you know, friends who knew what I did and they felt like, well, man, bro, you make $75,000 a year. Da, 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 da. I mean, to be quite frank with you, that's really not that much money. I just got bigger debts and now I got bigger expenses. Mm. It's basically the same thing if I don't know how to manage it. It's Hello. the same thing. It's it's the same thing as make, when when I was making thirty six thousand dollars at Morgan Stanley or something. It's the same thing. So having the business, I, I learned how to not only budget to to manage my money to budget. I learned about taxes. I started my LLC. I, I pay myself out of the LLC. Um, let my business get taxed at this rate. Let my personal income and W two myself at this rate. I've learned so much in this little bit of time that I would say it was difficult but -hmm. at the same time I believed Mm. and that belief factor um, goes a long way especially if you have the right vehicle Um, the the life insurance industry I said has been around for over 260 years not Mm -hmm. only do you get an advance on the income that you get for the people that you sit with you get Mm -hmm. a lifetime residual check oh nice you get five to eight percent of that person's annual payments. So just to, just quick math. I know we're not into that, but let's get into quick math, right? Mm-hmm. So if somebody pays a hundred dollars a month, you multiply that by twelve months. That's twelve hundred dollars. Boom. That's what I get paid. Twelve hundred dollars for sitting with this person. Right? Mm-hmm. Then um, after twelve months, I get a check for eight percent of that twelve hundred dollars, right? Mm. That's per person that I sit with. Last this year, um, I'm over $245,000 of people that I sat with and their wow. individual. So I'm getting eight next year. I'll get eight per, a check for 8% of that, but I get it spread out over a 12 month period. So if you're thinking about it that way, let's say that's mm-hmm. $2,800 a month. So whether I wake up, go to work, make a phone call, set an appointment, or if I lay in the bed for the next 12 months, I'm getting a check for 2800 every month. 
Regardless. Regardless. Because you put in the work now. Exactly. And it's until that person dies. Mm. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Because it's the yeah. life, the life insurance is for their life. So unless they got a 30 year policy or they got a lifelong policy, I'll get that eight, five to 8%. Um, Cause it's five to eight based off the kind of policy, but let's just say it's 8%. I'm going to get that 8% until that person dies. So if I die, it goes to my wife because now she has the residual of the money that I put in the work in today for. If my mm-hmm. wife dies, it goes to my kids until the mm. last policy I ever wrote in the life of me ever living in my career, that mm-hmm. person dies. My family will continue to have that residual. Thank you. Wow. And people don't know that about this industry. So when I post things on Facebook or Instagram, people think, oh, you scam. That's a lie. That's a, how is it a lie? What's the lie about it? We're, we're, because you never gave the breakdown. You know, people need all the deets if they. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they do. But thank you for that breakdown because yeah. I wasn't aware that it worked like that as well. And then the people that you recruit, you get a percentage of the residuals that they write. Mm. So that's generational wealth. That's okay. residual money while you're laying down. And my team did over one hundred and fifty thousand dollars this month. So wow. I'll be getting 8% of this $150,000 that they do every month for the rest of my life. So for people looking for employment, because a lot of people are unemployed, what skills do you need to be a successful agent? Confidence is number one. And I can say since the day I met you, you've always been a very confident <laughs> individual. <laughs> like, hands down. <laughs> so that was in your favor already. What else do you think people need to be successful to be a successful life insurance agent? listening you have to be coachable the truth mm. of the, the truth of the matter is is that you know as far as um confident as i am mm-hmm. um my confidence comes from being coachable um i know people that i've trained that wouldn't consider themselves very confident um mm. but they've made ten thousand in a week here before because they listened exactly to what the system is telling them to do, not even me. I'm not even going to say me, a mentor. I just follow a system. I don't try Mm -hmm. to recreate the wheel. If something is said in front of me, if somebody told me, hey, listen, the sky is purple, okay? Mm -hmm. And that's what we're going with. You just have to have enough faith to believe that. So being coachable um, and being able to be a sponge. Mm. I understand that you might be your own person and Dario is his own person and Joe over here is his own person. That's right. great. When we're showing you exactly what to do as far as the system, you have to be organized. Mm-hmm. Okay. You also have to um, have a sense of work with a sense of urgency. Your work ethic is everything. Um, mm. I wake up at 4 a.m. Wow. I wake up at 4 a.m. and I'm getting back into the gym. So I do something with my mind, body, and soul before I do anything with my phone. That's deep. I (laughs) think that is very important because we have a lot of people who are very successful here who are in the military. They wake, and I used, you know, I say, well, why y'all used to wake up so early in the morning? What y'all doing? Because we get Mm -hmm. more done before the sunrise than most of you guys get done before you know in the day you know what i'm saying they saying like yeah yeah they do i done ran this many miles (laughs) all my errands done (laughs) and ate breakfast and praise now getting out of bed and you just now getting out of bed cool yep i got my my mine's my body and soul um we got to get out of the bullshit stop bullshitting ain't no reason for me to be up at three or four or five o'clock in the morning my dreams used to keep me up at night right Mm. but now i have a vision and because I have a vision now and I, I am still aspiring for it and I'm still pursuing it. The difference is that it requires for me to sleep and I can, and I can rise with my vision in place. So 4 a.m. I'm up. I'm reading something, mm-hmm. 10 pages or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm working out 30 minutes to an hour, depending on how much time I got. Mm-hmm. Right? And then it's something spiritual. It's meditation. If you believe in the Quran, if you believe in the Bible, whatever your spirituality is, something of a higher source, something of quietness, something of that nature. 
So I'm getting mm. something with my mind, whether I'm reading, you know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad or the uh, 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 Poweronomics of, you know, Black people or, or if I'm looking at certain things, I'm, I'm listening to some 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 um, Malcolm X. You know, I like to listen, look, listen to a lot of his speeches. Right. And wow. I'll do that while I, I, I'm working out I'm on the treadmill or something like that. I'll get my mind, body and soul fed. Before mm-hmm. I look at this phone device that we're all addicted to, right? Mm. But we still <laughs> need to make money. My phone, I, know. I make I made $50,000 off my phone in September. So let's not be, let's make it all the way clear. I love it, but I can't let it be, it control my first emotions and instincts of the day. So by right. six o'clock in the morning, then I'll get on my phone and check my emails. People still ain't even woke at that time. True. But I've already worked out. I've already got something from my mind and already got some spiritual feed in at that time. And then go about my day. So I think those things are really important. And then just having a work ethic to balance your day, set your appointments, be confident, be organized, mm-hmm. and don't quit. Don't quit. That's the biggest one. Don't quit. And you said something while you were speaking, how your dreams keep you up at night. So that's like a, that's the steps of it. You have these dreams and it takes a while until you get the vision. And when you get the vision, that's when you can run with it or else you'll just be dreaming forever. Right. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. I am a big dreamer. And then I, one day a vision just came from me, but it came from what you were speaking about sitting still um, being speaking to a higher power, you Man. have to have all those things in line, or you'll just be stuck in the in this vicious cycle that we're on, addicted to your phone, watching everyone else chase their dreams or pretending to chase their dreams mm. while you're still dreaming, <laughs> wishing, oof, oof. you know, yeah. comparing, comparing. Yeah, yeah, that sucks. It sucks. Um, we all get caught doing it at a certain time, and you're right. At the end of the day, you cannot. You gotta. You're gonna have to just go out and do it. Mm-hmm. You're just gonna have to get up, get out, get off your ass, and go out and do it. And if the faster you do it, the faster you get to fail, so the faster you can learn. Yes, it's the saying that practice makes perfect, but I think practice makes progress. Like that's better. For mm. me. Just keep going, keep yeah. going. Because like the that. first time I did this, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm nervous, but the thing is, I'll never learn if I don't continue to come on here and, and fuck up. If I fuck up, you know. Yes. <laughs> so, we <laughs> we're so scared. <laughs> Thank you very you, much. Absolutely. I appreciate that. Yeah. But we're so scared to do things because everything is maybe recorded or you're being judged for something. Um your friends are not believing in you like we're just constantly in the spotlight so it's it's a little bit harder to chase your dreams and have doubters and naysayers in your ear yeah so, so this is what you do with that right mm-hmm. it's two kinds of people so I, and i never tell people one way is better than the other way or not like either you can use that as fuel mm-hmm. or you can or or and and you can you say so you can have it like you can work with it, play with a chip on your shoulder. You know, some people perform better like that. I know mm-hmm. a lot of my friends who say I play better pissed off. And what mm-hmm. I mean, what I mean by that is like Michael Jordan, right? Michael Jordan would um, say or will find something, find some kind of reason to use that as fuel. Because after a while, even once you start doing well and, and, and your podcast is going great, the, 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 the press behind it is going great. You're getting new people tuned in. The platform is growing. You got a studio and stuff now. What's going to make you go harder to push your envelope? So some people create competition. Some people create a false sense of a struggle or a challenge for themselves to move forward. So haters are warranted and haters are wanted. Mm. Right? Mm -hmm. I also say this. I don't have haters because you are, we're not in competition. Hello. What you're doing, <laughs> like what, what, what most of the people who have something negative to say about me, I can't be criticized by from people who's like the people who criticize you usually have less than you. Ain't They're that a fact? doing less than you. <laughs> mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I gain nothing from your critique. Yeah. I gain nothing from this animosity that you have towards me that just shows me that you're trying to pull me down to a place that i just rose from 
Mm. And the people that who who have more than me, those are people that I'm gaining as mentors, whether they I like them or not. Okay. <laughs> I have no reason to. There's no, and they don't have to like me. Do you right. know how many of my colleagues are Trump supporters? Do you know how many of my colleagues are super right wing? Do you know how many of my colleagues are two shades away from Proud Boys down there? Mm. Mm. But the way I carry myself, they respect me. Mm. They won't do certain things or say certain things around me. And, and it's not my job to try to tell them. And I'm oh, not let it be known. It's not my job to educate you either anymore. Hello. We're past the stage of trying to educate you guys about why you guys are fucking racist. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm like, done. I'm it's done. exhausting. Like, like, don't even look up black people. Look up some white people who who found out and 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 know why you know certain things are racist, and you guys can look it up from them, from your own. Right. People. I ain't got to hear. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. People who debate, I ain't trying to listen to you, so you can't educate them. You know. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean anything. That doesn't mean that there's nothing of value that I can't gain right here. Then I can go ahead and then share with my people. Right. I love that because so many people say, I don't want to work for the white man. The white man runs it. Okay. So you just get the skills that you need, (laughs) you know, and put your feelings to the side and do what you got to do. I mean, the what? Like they, but this is the thing the people, for people to say that you don't want to work with black people either, though. Like, <laughs> like, like they go you homegirl you do nails homegirl you do lashes homegirl you sell weave homegirl you do hair y'all ain't think about putting y'all resources together and create y'all own shop Whoa. y'all all Whoa. friends y'all all work out of y'all own houses y'all mm. all, y'all don't know about the minority loans for for, for women mm. minorities, for, for starting your business and once you started for 12 months, if you last 12 months, you don't have to pay it back. Ooh, keep dropping them. Keep dropping them. Gems. <laughs> and then y'all can all do your resources together. Now you can sell your waist thing and you can sell your this and you can be your esthetician and you can all in the same industry. Y'all ain't think about doing that together and having a, a beautiful salon somewhere in y'all neighborhood. But that's the problem with us is the unity. We don't know how to come together. It's always, I want to be the top dog. Like yeah. it's never. That sounded beautiful. That sounds like a world I want to live in. Everything you mentioned. Yeah, so for you to be for for people to complain, well, I don't want to work for the white man. You don't want to work for no man. You don't even want to work for yourself. Hello. You don't want to work with your people. You like you want stuff like there's a sense of entitlement that's that that I basically I've I've seen. There's no way in the world like when people talk to me and they ask me about what I do. You mm-hmm. know, when you're new, what they let me tell you something else. Okay, when you are new, what you expect to do in this industry is that you're going to have to study to pass the test. Your mm-hmm. license, you have to get it past a state license. It's anywhere from 70 if you want to do life to 140 if you want to do life and health. Questions that you have to pass and get at least 70 right. Or half mm-hmm. right. Okay. Once you do that, you need your fingerprint. So, no, I'm sorry. You can't be a felon. I understand. I get it. You can't be a felon. There's other ways to make money in this industry. I'll tell you later. But, yes, you have to do background checks. Once you mm-hmm. pass that, then you have to make sure that you have certain licenses like ENO insurance to make sure if anybody trying to sue you, you have money to pay up to $3 million a year for somebody's life insurance policy if they said you said it was something that it wasn't. Mm. Hopefully you never use it. Right? right. Then you start. Then your first day as being a life insurance agent, you're probably going to be on the phone for eight to 10 hours. Mm. Calling 100 people three times that day. Yes, absolutely. So, so that you can get eight appointments on Tuesday and eight appointments on Wednesday and learn how to do presentations in front of people that educate them on how and why they need life insurance. Now, the good thing about it is these are people who ask for somebody to come and do this. Right, right. It's just that now we live in an age where people don't ask for phone numbers, they're scam blockers, and they don't know who you are. But once they mm-hmm. get you on, once they once you get on the phone, like, oh, I did fill out this on Facebook about life insurance. I'm the guy. Okay, great. Do you have some time to set this up? 
on Tuesdays go over. It takes about 20 minutes to figure out if you could qualify for life insurance. That's what your day starts off. Mm-hmm. But the difference is if 15 of those people tell you no and one person tell you, yeah, you still on average is going to make $1,600. Mm. Now tell mm. me what I told you. And this is your business. You own it. Write-offs, all of that. LLC, you can start that, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But they tell me, nah, cool, I'd rather, you know, buff floors at this hospital or do this. But they, well, so you think that, I, I bet you it's hard to work at McDonald's too. Mm. I bet you it's really hard. But it's easier to do. Right. You know what I mean? So that's a lot of times I've been running into people who say they want to do it until I tell them this is what the information, this is what you got to do up front. If somebody told me that I got to bust my ass for 60 days to a minimum make $115,000 my first year, I think I would have done it. I went to school for four years to, mm. not get, to not get a job for two years after that. Right. It took me two right. years to get a job after I got my, my bachelor's degree. Mm. you know so that just it's just amazing I just feel like now people are entitled and they want things to be given to them and they want things to just be laid out in front of them um, or they just want somebody to just give them the money instead of giving them the fish giving them the tools to fish they just want the fish yeah they want microwave success Yes, because they see it on Instagram. Yes, right? yes. <laughs> and, and people don't see the tears and the sweat and everything these people put in before that, or just like you mentioned, getting up at four a.m. People don't see that side of it. You just see the aftermath. Not, and that's that's a problem with me too. Like I wish people would really show the real process and show up who they really are because you're doing yourself a disservice as well because you're not living an authentic life. That's how wow. my take on it. Oh, no, that's you, how I feel. You're right. And and someone told me that. And that's something that I actually want to start doing as well is having a conversation. <clears throat> um, yesterday I posted a, a, I made uh, $7,700, right? The mm-hmm. day before that I saw, I said I made $7,400. But I don't say that I made the money. The what where I'm doing is trying to promote the people that's on my team and encourage them like, hey, keep working. You can do this. Look at how many families I protected. I was able to protect eight families doing that in the last two days, right? Mm, mm-hmm. But I also need to also express the first two people at when I got when I drove all the way to Galloway, Ohio, <laughs> and then I drove to Newark, Ohio. After that, they weren't home. Mm. <laughs> so that's that's <laughs> gas and time and energy, right? And then the right. next group of people I sat with. They uh, basically said they didn't need anything. They were fine. Wasted time. Mm-hmm. Now, what happens is that it's a breaking point for somebody that's new. They like, fuck True. this shit. I'm going to. I'm yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, fuck. Hey. But this is my thing. I've been told no yeah. my whole life. Wow. I've been told my whole life. My whole life I've been told no. When I was in second grade, I said I wanted to go to Cleveland School of the Arts for art and da-da-da-da. I was a kid that was constantly getting into fights in school and, and getting kicked out and threatened here and threatened there to, you know, have to go to a detention home and stuff like that. I told them I wanted to go to one of the most prestigious schools in our city that you have to audition to get in. Um, grace was never a problem. I just, you know, had a conflict with other people. Um, mm. They told me no. They said, no, you can't get in. And then... I went to the audition anyway, audition. <laughs> I told them my name was something else. I did. Whoa. I told them my name was my middle name in third grade, by the way. <laughs> and they came out. And I told my mom that I got the audition. But I was told I wasn't supposed to go. And she's like, oh, where's the parent after my audition? They're like, where's the parent of Lamont Pope? And my mother was like, Lamont Pope? <laughs> and she walked over there. I was like, well, my real name is Dario Pope. And da, 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 da. <laughs> so the lady was just like, whatever, because I kicked ass in the audition. She ain't even mm. care. My mom kicked my ass. <laughs> Lying. But, yeah, but, but I got I got it done. Mm. And then they told me I couldn't get a full ride to Ohio State or to no school because my, my mom couldn't afford for me to go to school. 
So I found a program on my own called the Young Scholars Program. I joined the Young Scholars Program because I thought one of my friends was already in it from mm-hmm. 6th to 12th grade. And you have to maintain a B average. I already maintained that already. I was found a way to get in there in the 11th grade and flew a ride to Ohio State. Boom. They told me, no, I was not going to be able to do X, Y, Z, be able to have a double major in theater and business. It doesn't go together. They conflict. I did it. I've been told mm. no by plenty of women that I've tried to date. I've done it. <laughs> you ain't have to throw that in there. <laughs> I do. You want to know why? Because why? I, try to, I try to break it down to the smallest level because a lot of people try to tell me they can't handle failure. And I say, how many times have you tried to dance with a woman and she tells you no? How many times you ask for a, 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 a something from somebody, a guy, and he's like, "Nah, you ain't got it." How many times? True. How many times you ask for a raise at a job, and they all oh, you ain't. No, nah, we can't do that. How many times you ask your mom because you go over this friend's house, and you know you about to cut up, and she told you no, and you ask again next weekend. Exactly, <laughs> persistence. I'm coming back <laughs> with a different angle. It's for school. Okay. It's for school. <laughs> Man, my ratio is this. I tell people like this to get in the Hall of Fame in baseball, you only got a bat of 300. Mm-hmm. That means out of every 10 times he go up to the plate, he only hit it three times. That's the Hall of Fame. Wow. That's the highest level of achievement in that sport. Oh, wow. If you do that here, you will be a millionaire in my industry. And I'm, mm. so I'm trying to get people to understand. I'm trying to build something for more people like that look like me. Um, most of my colleagues are white. Mm. Absolutely. And it's more that I need to learn because even when you're making money, I am the first person in my family that I see in the immediate family that has a business. Mm-hmm. I am not getting guidance from people that look like me. And it's hard for them. They can give me guidance and we can learn. But one, one thing that they don't have in relation is to our beginnings. Mm, true. No one set up these accounts for us. Nobody set up a good credit for us so we can get this business loan. Nobody set these things up to make sure that we knew about taxes and accounting and how to manage money. True. So even if I'm getting it right now because I've mastered this part of my business, what I have not mastered was my father and his father's father ran a company and, you know, they got wow. relationships with banks and relationships with other com- no other families that have money that can make these connections for you. Well connected. Yeah. And my, a lot of my colleagues are already well connected. Mm. So, if, mm. But it's hard to get my people to believe and draw into something that they don't even get, they don't even believe in the product itself. It's okay. So we're going to do this. I don't want to hold you for too much longer, but if I'm a complete stranger walking up, you tell me why is it important for me to have life insurance? What's the benefits, the whys and the hows? Okay. Life insurance is like I said to you in the beginning, is the most selfless gift that you can ever get. Mm-hmm. Um, are you married? Or do you have children? Who's going to take care of the responsibility of handling your death when you die? Don't tell me they can throw you in the go in, the, in your yard somewhere and, and and bury you. That's illegal. They can't do that. <laughs> Don't say the government because Social Security only give you two hundred and fifty five dollars, mm. and and that's not even really for your burial, right? Mm-hmm. So who's going to take care of that? Are you going to make your children who you've, who you've raised, then you want them to pay for your funeral? That money that they have, $15,000, which is how much a funeral costs today, you're in your 30s. Um, funerals increase 7% a year. So by the time that you die, a funeral probably can cost twenty-five dollars or $30,000. Wow. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. It used to cost three to 4000 when I was a kid. It's about 12 to 15 now. Wow. And that's just one funeral. What about a husband and a wife die together? Right. Um, So the reason why you need life insurance is just to make sure that A, your funeral and final expenses are taken care of. B, when you pass away, you want to make sure that there's something set aside because not only do you die, your income dies. But you know what doesn't die? Your bills. Hmm. So if you leave your wife 
who you've been with for 30 years. And when you die, she doesn't get to keep her own social security. She gets your social security. Either way, her money is going to decrease by half. Do you mm -hmm. want her to be homeless? Let's make sure that we uh, get something to protect your income and your mortgage as well. The younger you are, the cheaper it is. So let's just get it now while you're young and healthy. You have something forever and you will be able to you know, afford it. If you come to me later in life when you're already sick and you're much older, it's going to cost three to seven times the amount that I'm showing you today. Mm. Leave something for your family so that they can have the beginnings that you never had. Mm. That's, it. that's that's good stuff. I have and just how affordable it is. I don't think people realize how affordable it is. It is. Like I have a small policy, fifteen thousand dollars, like you mm. said, the minimum for a funeral, and I pay eleven dollars a month. Eleven dollars. Yep. You eleven. eat that for lunch before Easy. the end of the day. You're Easy. eating that. Easy. You're, it's gone. One so, drink at the club downtown. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So why not? And that's why a month. Not? And that's a month. A month, you know, right? I would be, and, and I like to do a full scope of the the circumstances. I could break it down to people in so many different ways. So, like, okay, so you got your fifteen thousand for your funeral. Um, if something happens to you, let's put a hundred thousand dollars to the side per child, um, so they can go to school. And if they, if they you pass away, the income that that mommy used to bring in to buy their food and clothes and stuff is still there. Mm -hmm. If you're not in the situation and then if you like own a home, let's go ahead and cover the home so that the asset can still maintain to be in the family's name and the mm -hmm. bank don't take it back. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then if you have anything else like little stuff, credit card debt, card debt, stuff like that, let's just put a little bit to the side. What people don't understand, you can't, you, nothing is free in this world. Hello. If, if you were my <laughs> wife and your name wasn't on a loan for the home and I died. You still, and I leave the house to you, you still got to pay an 8% inheritance fee. Hmm. So if the house is worth $100,000, the inheritance fee is $8,000. You just pay for my funeral. But if you want to keep hmm. the house, even if we paid the house off, the house is a $100,000 house, you got to pay 8% hmm. to inherit something. that something somebody's giving to you. They tax you coming, they tax you going. Wow. And it's life insurance covers that. Wow. Tax you coming and tax you going. That's deep. That's deep. Yeah. So do you, so if you're employed, you know, these companies offer you the standard life insurance policy. Do you believe it's beneficial to get a life insurance policy outside of your employer? Got to. I wouldn't have a job. So even when I'm sitting with people, so tell me about the life insurance that you got outside of your job. And they're like, well, no, I, I don't have any outside of my job. My job gives it to me. Well, mm -hmm. well, that's great. Keep it. What it's like six bucks a paycheck. Keep it. It's super cheap. Mm -hmm. But you don't own that. You don't own that life insurance as much as you own your job, John. You don't own your job. They tell you when to come to work. They tell you when your lunch break is. They tell you when they pay you, just like they told you what benefits to get. Mm. It's, a, it's a group policy. If something happens to you, if you leave your job, quit your job, go on leave or retire or get fired, they're gone. Mm. So you don't own them, right? And even if something happens to you while you're on the job, if you really read those, they don't give you guys a policy for a reason. Hmm. If you read it, 90% of them are accidental. Right. That's right. why they can do a group <laughs> rate for that. So even when you be like, you know, you had a, you were, you're working at a job and well, I want my life insurance to be three times whatever my salary is. Mm -hmm. So you, if you get paid 50000 it's a $150,000 policy. Mm -hmm. A, is going to be nine, 80 to 90% of that is going to be accidental. Mm. B, they got up to six to 12 months to even pay that policy out. Whoa. So what's going to happen the first thing you die, what's the first thing that needs to happen? Your funeral. Wow. So if you don't get that money for six months, then what? Right. And it's not going to be 150000 It's probably going to be like twelve. Mm. Six months later. Six months later. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
So that's why I say, hey, keep it. It's extra. It's money that your family will get down the line. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how many people believe in their in their in these companies. I'm like, telling you, they will fire you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> these are benefits that they got to get because the government deemed they had to get them. They wouldn't get them for you. Mm-hmm. They don't. That's not for you. It's they a, don't care about you. They don't care. <laughs> the way group insurance work, if me and you were working in a company and then I got cancer mm-hmm. and I went on my short term leave. After my and then my long term leave after that twelve months, they have the opportunity to give me another job or to give me another position, but I still am fighting cancer. They're gonna fire me because wow. now I am a gonna be getting money for from FMLA or something like that, and then B, mm-hmm. I'm gonna make our group insurance go up because somebody mm. in the group is fighting cancer. That shit costs. That's making everybody health insurance go up. Wow, you see what I'm saying? So we need to kick that person off before everybody's insurance go up like twenty dollars a month, and they don't want to cover that person anyway because we don't even want to pay the the portion of the company pay of that group insurance. We did that shit because the government said we got to do it. We don't want you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, group insurance and all that shit is cool. It's just something to say that you got with your job. You know what I'm saying? Like, I paid. This my- is one of my benefits. Yeah, this is one of my benefits. Like, oh, why you work there? They got good benefits. Okay. Not even knowing what you're getting, but okay. No, you don't even know what it is. You never read it. Oh, that's another problem. We do not read to save our lives. Hell like, no. Come on, man. Come it's, on. It's right there. <laughs> right in front of your face. As much Absolutely. as you on Instagram, you could have read so many books by now, but. I'm not going to get into that. I'm not going to get into that. I appreciate you. (laughs) Another conversation, another day. I appreciate you so much. This was so dope. I learned so much. A lot of stuff I didn't know. Absolutely. Man, kudos to you. Can I leave people with a final thing? Sure, of course. Okay. So a lot of people ask me, like, so what's the difference between the life insurance? Okay. So a term policy is something that you can get a lot of coverage for cheap. And the reason why usually is because you're young. So like you get a $100,000 policy for $25. But it's just a way for you to remember the difference between the two is term policies are called that because they're at one point, at some point they're gonna terminate. It's gonna be done. It's only mm-hmm. for a term period of time. The other policy costs a, lot, a little bit more and it's called whole life. And the reason why it's called whole life, just for general thinking, is that you're going to pay for it your whole life. It doesn't drop off at a certain time. It doesn't go away. If you got it when you were 21 and you die at 100, you pay for it for that next 79 years. Hmm. Period. Hmm. It costs more than term because it's a a policy that the insurance companies know at some point they got to pay it. A term policy is cheaper because they're checking your health, hoping that you actually outlive it and you they don't have to pay that out. Wow. Both of them are good <laughs> mm-hmm. for you. I just think that people need to know how to use both and have a diversified life insurance portfolio. Mm-hmm. And both of them will work great for you. Got you. Yep. Got you. There you go. Thank you for that. Could you also drop your handles and how people can reach out to you? Absolutely. I'm just Dario Pope on Facebook. Um, and my IG is Dario, D-A-R-R-I-O, Lamont, L-A-M-O-N-T on IG. You can also follow my business page on Facebook, Family First Life Alpha. You can also follow my IG page, which is FFL Alpha. Um and then also you can go to my website if you're interested in knowing more about working with the company. I have salary position. I have three staff right now, admin and two recruiters that I pay an actual salary to. Or you can actually inquire about a social media manager or you can be a life insurance agent broker like myself. And then that's www.alphafl.com. Awesome. 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 Thank you so much, man. Thank you. Welcome. This was good. All right. I appreciate you having me. You have a good one. You too. Bye. Bye. 
Hey, thank you so much for joining me. I hope you got some takeaways from this. I hope you got some topics that you can take back and even discuss with your own family. You are very appreciated. I just want you to know. And hopefully you come back for more. We have a lot coming up and I'm very excited about the things to come. Now, every Wednesday, I will be on my Instagram live and I will be doing follow ups for the podcast. If you would want to discuss something in further detail that you heard or you have a story that is relevant, tap in with me. Let's get on live. Let's have a good time. Okay. My Instagram is Daya, D-A-Y-A underscore Lene, L-Y-N-A. And I'm going to do this every Wednesday, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you, family. Stay safe. Stay prayed up.